1: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from The China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of The China Project. In this week's episode, China will create a vast new financial regulator, TikTok unveils a new data security program in Europe, BYD enters the UK passenger market, and Chinese local governments offer sweeteners to potential buyers to boost car sales. Let's jump right in. China will create a new financial regulatory body that oversees all parts of the financial sector other than securities. The new body will take over some of the central banks' and securities regulators' responsibilities. These include financial consumer protection day-to-day supervision of financial holding companies, and investor protection. The China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission, the country's top banking and insurance regulator, will cease to exist. The plan was passed Friday during the year's annual meeting of the National People's Congress, the country's top legislature, and is part of a larger overhaul of the State Council. Analysts said the financial shakeup shows Beijing's increasing focus on strengthening oversight on financial risks and improving coordination among regulators. It also indicates that Beijing is shifting its financial regulatory system to a Twin Peaks model, similar to that adopted by countries including the UK and Australia. This model divides financial oversight between two specialist regulators, one for maintaining the stability of the financial system and prudent regulation of financial institutions, and the other for oversight of market conduct and consumer protection. Next up, TikTok is making headlines again. The short video app sensation owned by Beijing-based ByteDance is trying to address concerns about data security and has unveiled a new data security program in the EU. The program, dubbed Project Clover, sets out a range of measures including expanding local data storage, The company said it would begin storing European user data locally this year, with migration continuing into 2024. It will open two more data center sites, one in Ireland and one in Norway, bringing its total to three. All these centers will be operated by third parties. The European Parliament, European Commission, and the EU Council have all recently banned TikTok from staff phones over security concerns. Meanwhile, in the U.S., the White House has endorsed a bill that could be used to ban TikTok. The bill, introduced on Tuesday, would give the president the ability to force the sale of foreign-owned technologies, applications, software, or e-commerce platforms if they present a national security threat to U.S. users. It doesn't mention TikTok by name, but the video-sharing app, which has about 100 million users in the U.S., is the clear target. This is the first time the Biden administration has weighed in on legislation to deal with the app. Moving on to the auto sector, BYD has entered the UK's passenger car market with a fully electric SUV. The ATTO3, ATTO3, is now available for UK consumers and first deliveries are planned for March 15th. The launch on Tuesday marks the latest effort by the Shenzhen-based automaker, to further penetrate into the UK's auto market, where it has been selling electric buses since 2013. The company also said it will soon open its physical showrooms there. BYD, which stopped producing cars powered solely by fossil fuels in March of last year, is expanding globally. It has plans to sell EVs across other European countries, including Germany and France, and is building its first EV plant in Thailand. And back home, Car sales are slumping, prompting a number of Chinese cities to give out sweeteners to potential buyers to stimulate demand. Southeastern China's populous Guangdong province issued a series of measures last week, including encouraging city governments to support vehicle trade-ins, conduct promotion events, and promote new energy vehicle, or NEV, sales in rural areas. Beijing will renew an incentive policy encouraging residents to replace their fossil fuel vehicles with NEVs, while the government of Chongqing also initiated subsidies for NEV trade-ins. Meanwhile, the government of Hubei province introduced subsidies to bolster a local carmaker. Dongfeng Motor Group, a joint venture partner to Honda and Nissan in China, has begun a government-endorsed price-cutting spree in its home province. Dongfeng is offering discounts on models under its own sub-brands as well as ones made by its joint ventures with Nissan and Honda, sources told Caixin. The biggest price cut of 90,000 yuan, or around $12,900, was for a sedan built by Dongfeng Peugeot Citron, the company's joint venture with Stellantis, the sources said. The slowdown in the world's largest auto market was made worse by last year's strict COVID control measures that led to dealer closures and dampened demand. From the beginning of the year to February 19th, passenger car sales in the country fell 26% from the same period last year, according to data released by the China Passenger Car Association. And this week, we celebrated International Women's Day on March 8th On this day every year, we commemorate the achievements and contributions of women and girls around the world. And specifically for women in business, they have come a long way, but according to a new study, it's still not far enough. Only 5.7% of startups in the Asia-Pacific region are led by female entrepreneurs, a percentage that has stayed stagnant for five years, according to a new J.P. Morgan study. Women remain heavily underrepresented at the top echelons in high-growth private businesses in the region, with only 848 of nearly 15,000 firms across the region led or founded by a woman, according to the study. Several women business owners also highlighted network building as being critical to scaling a business and yet being elusive. Some women cited the so-called networking effect as working against them, as a lot of business meetings and networking happen after hours as part of a bro culture that women don't have access to, and it takes extra effort for women to break through that. Let's turn now to a woman who has broken through, Kelsey Chung, reporter at Caixin Global, who is, of course, one of the show's co-producers. Hello, Kelsey, and welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Kaiser. It's great to be back.
1: So let's talk about TikTok, which is on this week's cover story on Caixing Global, or rather it is the Chinese cousin, the Chinese version, Douyin. It's already the most popular short video app in China, but its ambitions are by no means stopping at China's borders, right?
0: Yes, that's correct. Having already attracted over 700 million active users on the Chinese mainland to its app every single day, Douyin is pushing ahead with plans to monetize that fan base. And now ByteDance, the company behind TikTok and Douyin, is trying to challenge rivals Alibaba and Meituan in the country's e-commerce and local services business.
1: So so with more than 700 million daily active users.
0: Yeah, who actually spend more than two hours on the app each day on average.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so that sounds pretty lucrative already to me. So why does the company feel the need to expand into other areas?
0: That's a fair question. That's because the growth rate of new users is peaking for Douyin and commercialization is how it can grow bigger and further. That's according to a person close to Douyin's management. It also comes as TikTok, which has over 1 billion daily active users outside of China, is struggling with mounting regulatory pressure overseas. The US, Canada and the EU have each taken steps to ban the app from government devices because of national security and privacy concerns.
1: Right. This is a story we've all been following very closely. But to focus for now just on China, how are ByteDance and its flagship product Douyin taking on giants like Alibaba and Meituan? On their own home turf.
0: By harnessing its well-known algorithmic recommendation feature, the app has for the past two years been integrating its short video, live streaming, and online marketplace with search functions to help merchants reach more customers and drive sales.
1: So how are results so far for its e-commerce push?
0: While the privately held company hasn't released details, multiple sources told Caixin that Douyin's Gross Merchandise Value, or GMV, uh, which is a measure for online transactions, rose 75% to close to 1.4 trillion yuan. That's nearly 200 billion U.S. dollars last year. That figure exceeded its target of 1.2 trillion yuan set at the start of 2022. And having a massive number of popular live streamers and influencers on its platform definitely helped. By comparison for its rivals, it took over a decade for Alibaba and JD.com to top 1 trillion yuan in annual GMV. And Douyin's not stopping there. Last year, the company kicked off its push into local commerce. It began linking users with nearby restaurants, entertainment venues, accommodations, and beauty services that could market their offerings to live streaming viewers. That's according to one source at ByteDance.
1: That's ambitious, but also you know, not at all out of the question given Douyin's massive user base.
0: That's right. Specifically for entering the food delivery market starting in December, it has been running a trial food delivery service in cities like Beijing, Shanghai, and Chengdu, and could expand to more. The function allows users to buy offers provided by restaurants during live streaming sessions and choose the delivery time within two days. And at the beginning of this year, Douyin stepped further into hotel bookings by allowing users to directly reserve accommodations on its app.
1: So how are Alibaba and Meituan and other tech companies responding to this challenge? I I suppose they're not just going to give up market share without a fight.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Each of these firms has taken steps to fend off Douyin's challenge. Alibaba has said it's going to invest more in short video and other content to drive sales while exploring new features to attract buyers. And Meituan has started a live streaming feature for partner restaurants. And sources told us that Tencent's super app WeChat is offering incentives to attract more merchants and to sell products through its short video platform. Tencent CEO Pony Ma even said at an internal meeting at the end of last year that channels, or shipping hao in Chinese, which is the short video and live streaming service built within the WeChat app, was the most impressive business in its portfolio and carries the hopes of the entire company.
1: I, I can tell they are definitely feeling the threat. Uh, it will be really interesting to see how this all plays out. So thanks, Kelsey, for all that information.
0: You're welcome, Kaiser. Always a pleasure.
1: And for our listeners who are interested in reading the story, do head over to com and find it there. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tyson Seneca Business Brief was produced this week by Kaiser Guo and by Kelsey Chung, Lin Jin-Bing, and Michael Bellart at Tyson Global. Special thanks to Lee Sin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Sinica Network, like the Amazing China in Africa podcast and Strangers in China. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.